Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. The story of David. Let's go 1 Samuel 16. Let's start at verse 4. All right, so it says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected uh, one of his sons to be my king. You know what? I'm just going to pull it up here so I don't have choppiness in... um, uh, just so I can pause and, and go where when I am feeling like I need to pause and go. They do a great job back there. I just, uh, I don't think they're in my head, though, to know when I'm pausing and going and all that stuff. So as much as they try their hardest, um, and I'm back there, so I know it is a very hard task. Uh, we're going from the NLT, right? Okay. There we go, NLT. All right. Okay. Yeah, so it says, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Um, Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. So it's interesting, right? Like Samuel himself had an eye. And his eye was, was, even though Samuel was a very spiritual dude, he had an eye, but his eye was on a natural way of thinking. Right? And Samuel obviously knew how to listen to God even though he has his natural eyes. Because we have our eyes, God has his eyes. And when we're going after the things that we're going after, we do look through our eyes, but we have to look through God's eyes. And so it says, so the Lord doesn't see things the way, that, the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son, Abinadab, um, to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shimea. But Samuel said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? See, here's the thing, that even in a natural sense, David was not seen at all. He wasn't even on the radar. He wasn't even, uh, like, it was like, this is his father, but he's not even on, on scene. Um, and so when you look at it, it, it doesn't fall on man to make choice. It falls on God to make choice. Um, so it says here, there is still the youngest, Jesse replied, um, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. So this guy's watching sheep and goats, Okay. So he's out watching that, and that's his job, and that's what he did. Was it his choice to watch the sheep and the goats? Probably not. Was it 
natural selection <laughs> kind of put him in that spot? Yeah, right? Or whatever. Like, just he was just born in that, right? Just like how all of us are born in things. We're all born in a spot, right? Like, David was born as the guy with the sheep and the goats. And you don't look at David for anything great other than he's going to probably stay home and he's going to take care of the sheep and the goats. That's, that's his job. That's what natural man said David's job was. You are staying home with sheep and goats, and you shall take care of sheep and goats. That is the job I have for you because that's what man will put on us. Different jobs that they associate according to the way that we are. Um, Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So obviously Samuel is like, yes, I might have saw it one way, but God's telling me something else. Now I'm in tune, and I know that I am not going to sit down until I actually get to speak to this other person because this is someone that God is selecting, and he, Samuel is choosing to honor God in this. Um, so, and the Lord said, uh, so, oh, sorry, so Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes, and the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers... Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. So the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Now here's what I want to bring out about this. Why did the spirit of the Lord fall on David? Why? I just wanted someone to just... Why? Why? What was the, what was the, why did the spirit of the Lord fall on David? What was the main reason? What was God pointing at there? What was, does anybody want to? Yeah, he was a man after God's own heart. So what in David was he doing, right? What was he doing? He's, he's tending goats and he's tending sheep, okay? It doesn't say he killed the lion and the bear before that. It doesn't say that. It says that the anointing of the power of God came upon him after. But what was it that David had? He's tending goats and sheep. He's not seen the same way as his brothers are. He's completely different. What it's that because God's looking at the heart of a man. And the heart is something that is not seen. Okay? So the heart of you and I is not always seen, right? By the eyes of man, right? And so what I'm trying to get at here is looking at what positions you correctly for the right things. When we're talking about healing, I'm talking about trying to deal with something in the heart. Because I can talk about healing, but we can be way off in left field if we don't understand the eyes of God and how God acts and moves. And so in this, we understand that God is looking at the heart and that the heart doesn't necessarily... There's no uh, power, there's no um, authority, there's no um, strength that comes from your position in your heart. But what I'm trying to get at is if you want the power of God, if you want solution, if you want transformation, if you want things to happen in your life, you have to look at the right things to get your answer It doesn't come from a service. It doesn't come from a person. 
It doesn't come from other things. It comes from the position inside your own heart towards the Lord who has created you. And so when we alter and change our hearts to be more in tune to him, that we allow that the Spirit of God can do what the Spirit of God wants to do. The anointing came on David as a result of a heart factor. In our hearts and the position of our hearts allows the anointing or whatever it is of God to be activated. It's not of any other nature other than your position in your heart. You have control over the position of your heart. You have control over what you do. You do not have control over how your healing comes. You do not have control over how the anointing comes. You do not have control over, over a service and how things are always being um, displayed and how things are accomplished. You do not have control over all the decisions of your own life. But what you do have control over is the position of your heart. <clears throat> and it doesn't matter if you're a guy out in the field that's tending to the goats and the sheep and has a form of neglect from everybody else that's around you. It doesn't matter whatever your circumstances are. So we want to get into the, into the meat of this. So now the Spirit of the Lord had left Saul, left Saul, and obviously it left Saul because Saul had been disobedient to God. Saul was listening to something else other than God. So Saul's heart was not positioned to the Lord, and therefore God had rejected Saul because Saul had rejected God. Do you see what I'm saying here? So don't reject God. Reject things that are going on around you. And you have to look at things in a different way. So we're going to get a little bit into that. So <clears throat> now the Spirit of the Lord left Saul, and the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. So Saul had something else that was going on inside of him at that point. Because obviously God left him. So some of Saul's servants said to him, a tormenting spirit from God is troubling you. Let us find a good musician to play the harp. <clears throat> so anyways, um, <clears throat> uh, so he will play soothing music and you will soon be well again. All right, Saul said, find me someone who plays well. Bring him here. One of the servants said to Saul, one of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is a talented harp player. Not only that, he is a brave warrior, a man of war, and has good judgment. He is also a fine-looking young man, and the Lord is with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse to say, send me your son, David, the shepherd. Jesse responded by sending David to Saul, along with a young goat, a donkey, loaded with bread and a wineskin full of wine. So David went to Saul and began serving him. Saul loved David very much. And David became his armor bearer. Then Saul sent word to Jesse asking, Please let David remain in my service, for I am very pleased with him. <clears throat> and whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, David would play the harp. Then Saul would feel better, and the tormenting spirit would go away. The Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between um, Soka and Judah and Azekah at a festament, um, Saul encountered encount uh, by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. Then Goliath, the Philistine champion for, from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks <clears throat> to face the forces of Israel. 
He was over nine feet tall. He wore bronze helmet. I don't know, like nine feet tall is pretty tall, right? <clears throat> like that's like what? What's NBA like basketball net size? How high is the basketball net? Ten feet? Okay, so like yeah, the guy's going to dunk, right? <laughs> What's that? He doesn't even have to jump. He's just coming by to dunk. Okay. So anyways, guy's pretty, pretty big, right? <clears throat> he wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight, he called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. So let me get at something here. I don't know if you guys are following me here. I don't want you to pay attention to even just the way that I'm saying, speaking it through my voice. I, I want you to get the message. And the message is that Goliath is a big dude. Oh, well. Okay. The, the message is the principle that I'm trying to get at. Okay. Just so when we're paying attention to the story is <clears throat> what's the principle here is that um, we're looking at Goliath. We don't need to worry about what it looks like. We don't need to worry about all of these things that we're hearing about who Goliath is, how tall he is, all this kind of stuff. Yes, he's, he's really big. But the main point is the principle. And the principle is that the Philistine is coming up in opposition against Israel. Whatever the circumstances, it's coming up in opposition, okay? So that's what's going on here. <clears throat> and so anyways, this is opposition against the people of Israel, which is spiritual in the sense that it teaches us principles of how God acts. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. Um, I defy the armies of Israel today. So, okay, let me just explain it another way. I feel like I'm somewhat getting that across. Um, so if I, if I was to say to, um, you know, uh, to Nate, uh, hey, Nate, I just want you to know I'm wanting to help you out. I want to take, you know, take care of some things. I want to help you get a place. I'm going to help you get your own, your own spot, right? Well, if I come up to Nate another day and I say to Nate, hey, Nate, you know what? Forget it, man. I said that, but I'm not saying that. That's, that's right. Like, that's me violating something. So what I'm saying is, like, when we look at God, God doesn't violate things, okay? So God, when he goes up to, uh, to someone, say, like, Nate or whatever, um, and he says, I'm going to do this, God's going to do what he said he was going to do. So what I'm saying is when there's a principle that happens in a spiritual realm um, is that, that that spiritual principle overrides any other principle because that spiritual principle is the one that God operates on. So when God operates on something, that's the thing that we have to pull on because that's how it works, okay? So I'm trying to get at something here is that God is stronger and more powerful than all of the things that are going on. So when, but when his principles aren't enacted, you can't allow God to enter in and to intervene. Okay, so I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Now David was the son. Okay, we're going to just skip, skip, skip. 
Um, anyways, um, so we're going to go down to verse um, verse 17. Or no, skip past that. Um, okay, let's go to 23. So as he was talking, so David arrives, he brings some food, so he's out shepherding because that's just what he is. doesn't matter if Samuel came and anointed him all this. He's still a shepherd guy, okay? So just keep that in mind. I want you to keep this in mind, that David, we want to follow David because David, we're talking about a heart thing, okay? And the principle here is that David was a man after God's heart. So the principle is that David's, we have to follow the, the theme of, of what's going on with David's life. That's what I, I really want you to see here. So we look at David. He brings the stuff. He does what he's supposed to do because that's just what he's living in. He doesn't get to make choices all the time, right? He's not like, I'm going to be king. I'm the king. And walking in, I'm the king, you know? Um, so anyways, he, uh, yeah, so he arrives. And anyways, the battle's going on. So he's like, yeah, and he runs out to battle. And then he's like seeing this Goliath guy. And he's like, what? And then he's trying to figure out what's going on. So he says, so as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from uh, Gath, came out from the Philistine uh, ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. <clears throat> so think of it. David is, is a shepherd guy. He's anointed. He has the spirit on him now, right? So it's like the anointing and the spirit of God. So now that spirit of God is like, urging him to, like, be a part of things, right? So he's just, like, like, he just so happened to come upon, you know, a situation where all of a sudden Goliath is coming out, right? And he's just, like, he's, like, yeah, running out to the field. They're going to go say hi to my brothers, you know? And he doesn't even know what's going on, but he, he just wants to go and, and connect, right? And, like, be a part of the things that are going on. Um, so anyways, um, so as soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away uh, in fright, have you seen the giant, the men asked? Okay, so remember, we're talking about the principal thing. So he came out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. Hey, who wants to save your uh, 20 per, you know, 20% in taxes? There you go, there's 20% off for the rest of your life. So David asked the soldiers standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of what? Of Israel. Um, who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? So David was knowing that it was the living God. On the inside of David was the knowledge of knowing that it was the living God, that it was him like God, that was in control. He understood something, and his heart was positioned towards something. And therefore, David was in a position of seeing something happen because his position was that way. First, the anointing came upon his life, not because of David's choosing, but because of God's choosing. When the anointing fell on David's life, then, after the anointing, then David is now bumping into situations and I want to get into bumping into stuff in a minute. Okay, <clears throat> so, and these men gave uh, David the same reply. They said, yes, that is the reward for killing him. But when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? <laughs> Typical brother. 
I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. Okay? okay? Your pride and deceit. This guy's got something on the inside of his heart, and he's, you know what? You get the anointing on you from something, and, like, he probably saw that bear in that line. He's just like, ah! And then, like, God's got this, like, thing that he's working on on the inside of him, and then all of a sudden, like, he goes to a battle, and he's like, what's going on? I don't know why, but I'm just so interested in battle. You know, he was probably like that, and his brothers are like, I don't get this guy. Like, what's going on? Because you have to understand that there was something else, a spiritual thing that was going on there. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. <laughs> Man, I got brothers. I'm just so funny. Brothers talk so different than girls talk. I'll say that for sure. Um, so he walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to King Saul, and the king sent for him. So David doesn't care. He's just like, you know, you're hiding, you're hiding, you're hiding, you're hiding, you're hiding. What's the reward? What's going on? What's going <laughs> You know? It's like you prideful, like, little dude. What are you doing dancing around, like, you know? It looks like he's, like, you know, trying to put himself in a spot, right? I'm going to get in the spotlight. I'm going to get in the spotlight. Fight for Israel. Like, that's what it looked like, right? But the guy's just like, no. Like, I'm just, ah, 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 anointing on me. Yeah, like. More that way. So don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. <laughs> David's like, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. He's defying the living God. Like, okay, I'll go do it then. That's, what he, that's, his, that's his gumption. There you go. There's that word, gumption. So don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight the Philistine and possibly win. So here again. Natural man looking at the situation. Natural man. <clears throat> You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. <laughs> so this guy, all he has in his power is, I can take care of my sheep and my goats, man. So he's like, you know, he just wants to solve this problem. He's just like, look. This is what happened. I'm taking care of sheep and goats. Because that's all he's got, right? He just has sheep and goats. That's literally what man has handed to him. Okay? When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. <laughs> so he's just like, you know, he's got this anointing on him. He knows it, right? He's like, okay, boom, dead right? I've done this to both lions and bears. So not one lion, not one bear, lions, plural, and bears. I don't know if God was like giving him training ground. He's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to populate a bunch of bears over here. I'm going to populate a bunch of lions right here. Daniel, there's your sheep right there. Okay, your brothers are out doing their thing, and everybody can look at whatever they want to look at, but here's what's going on. These sheep are doing this, and let's, you know, let's see what you, you know, let's see you take care of the sheep. You know what I mean? So David was taking care of the sheep. No one's seeing it, but this is what, what was happening. David's not going around going, hey, guys, guess what just happened the other day? You know, I was just out, you know, just killed a lion. 
No, he's not, right? His brother's like, what are you doing? Go tend the flock. You're just a flock guy. Go tend the flock. How many people have had um, people tell you different things over your life, right? Or different circumstances or different situations that speak out. So anyways, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lions and the bear will rescue me from the Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead. He said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor. Um, anyways, he, can't, he didn't use it. So anyways, he, uh, we go down to... Um, so he went across the, the, the valley to fight the Philistines. So verse 41. So Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt. Okay? Um, do you know what contempt is? When you hold someone in contempt, what are you doing? Do you know? What is it? When you hold someone in contempt. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> at this rudy faced boy. So anyways, he says, am I a dog? So he's like, what the? He's like, what? What? And he's like, I disagree with this, you know? And it's like you're hold, like he's holding him in contempt. He's like, what the? Like he, Goliath was like, you're not even worthy to fight me. David can't even fight an enemy without having rejection from the, from the enemy. He's like, what the heck? Who the heck is this? So anyways, <laughs> David's got an interesting life. Um, so Goliath walked out toward David with this, um, oh yeah, so um, he roared at David um, that you come to me with a stick and he cursed David by the name of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. So he didn't even, he's not even saying, me, David, and a stick, and a, you know, slingshot and all that. Like, he's not even, he's not even saying that. You know what I mean? He's not saying, you know, David, the son of Jesse, blah, 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 blah. Like, he's like, because, like, he has nothing, right? David, the goat and the sheep watcher. <laughs> Look at me and my stick, you know? Like, he's got nothing, right? Like, everybody's looking, I'm like, yeah, man, you got, you got, you got nothing, dude. You just, nothing, right? No. But it says, today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your, of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. So the whole point is that God is God, and therefore God will prove God. And God will be exalted, and then this story will be written down, and God gets the glory. That's basically what's happening there, okay? And a lot of times, if you look at the Bible, um, you know what? I think that's good enough for now. Um, a lot of times in the, in the Bible, okay, God, you know, I would say probably 99 or 95% of the time, God picks situations that don't make sense, Okay? God takes situations and flips them upside down. That's God. I don't know why. You don't know why, but that's God, right? Okay. So this is what I'm trying to get at. When we talk about our healing, okay, what do you 
position yourself in your heart? What do you position yourself as? Do you position yourself as the word of God is the word of God and I will therefore stand on the word of God? Or do you position in your heart that I probably don't know the word of God and I therefore disqualify and discredit God's name and I will not ever see a form of healing in my life? What giant do you face? What circumstance is in your life? What thought do you have around those circumstances? Do you speak death over your situation and say that these things are always going to be this way? <clears throat> you can contend and, 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 and have discussion with God. But you cannot discredit and dis, dishonor him in the things that he has, he has said in his word. You can have discussion, but you cannot discredit and dishonor him. Therefore, you disqualify yourself from the principle. What I, am, what, <clears throat> what I want to bring out is this church, I want us to be in a healthy spot with healing, with, with, with God's anointing, with things like that. But if we're, if we're not positioned right, we'll never get to the place where God is able to fully get in and enter in and do something. If you think some kind of like rain cloud is going to come down, and just trickle on this place one day, you've got yourself, like, basically a basket case of something that's, that's not going to happen. God operates within an order and a structure, and it's the way he wants it ordered and structured. He is looking for people's hearts. What I'd like to see happen in big church is that people's hearts get rearranged because everybody here has the ability to rearrange our hearts because this is what I don't want to see. And this is sometimes what I, what I, you know, what we, we do and what we see is, okay, there's something like a sickness or something happening. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. I'm just, oh, I'm never going to ever, ever be normal that way, ever. I'm just going to stay here, and this is going to be my reality for the rest of my life. I'm going to be sick. <laughs> my arm and my legs, and whatever it is, is this is what I have to live with. But I'm going to go and worship God because going to church on Sunday, there's Susan who bakes a nice pie, and she's nice, and one day I'm going to learn something from God. No, but I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, like, come on. Like, are we, is that really what, like, if we want to play church, guys, like, I am not going to be, I tell you right now, I will not be playing church, okay? I do not even have an interest to play church. I really don't. Um, I just, even characteristically, it's just not, it's just not in my, my cup of tea. It won't be my thing in the morning. What I do play, though, is when something comes in front of me, that's why I'm telling you, I don't care what sickness you have. I don't care what challenge you have. What I said is that God will break every chain. God will rip open any problem and transform it. If we have a heart that understands what God is, what he says in his word, and we hold steadfast on his word. If we hold steadfast, we will see that thing break. And it shouldn't be a surprise to see that thing break. It should be a normal instance. And then you say to me, oh, well, you know, I had a circumstance that happened to me, and this thing happened to me, and then that thing happened to me, and then God doesn't love me. No. 
No. Circumstance happens as a result of sin nature on the planet. David was a shepherd boy that was anointed to become a king. He had to go through oppositions and get there. He had to go through natural circumstances. Let's go through, um, let's go back into the scripture. We're moving on to chapter, um, chapter 18. So after David had finished talking with Saul, he met uh, Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David, um, From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him. Um, So anyways, just going on to verse 5. So whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander over the the men. So here, here's one thing I want to... Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So we're going to stop there. So David did it successfully. David took care of the sheep successfully. David went out and the circumstance that, was faced, that he was faced with at the point in battle, David did it successfully. Now David is a servant under Saul's. David did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander over the men of war, an appointment that was welcomed by the people and Saul's officers alike. When the victories, um, vict- victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistines, Um, women from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with chamberlains and and cymbals. This was the song, this was their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. This made Saul very angry. What's this, he said. They credit David with ten thousands and me with only thousands. Next, um, they'll be making him their king. So from that time on, Saul kept jealous um, eye on David. The very next day, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul and began to rave in his, in his house with um, house like a madman. David was playing the harp as he did each day, but Saul had a spear in his hand, and he suddenly hurled it at David, intending to pin him to the wall, but David escaped him twice. David had to run away in a circumstance. David does not have a position. Anyways, we can go on and on and on and on, okay? And... I mean, like, Saul had tried so many different things. Here's what I'm trying to get at. You could say, oh, my situation, you don't know. God doesn't love me because a situation came on me. This is a situation. No. (laughs) You will be successful in your situation if you put on the Spirit of God and you have your heart positioned correctly. If you choose to put your heart in the right place, and you choose to respect and know the word of the Lord according to the word of the Lord and, and choose to follow the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord is so radiant in your life that doesn't matter what a nine-foot guy looks like. It doesn't even make sense in your mind why that's even relevant. What makes sense in somebody's mind like that is that God is powerful and that God is, re- is an honor of the, of the things that he does. So your circumstance is not meant to be blamed on God. You walk through a circumstance because the circumstance is a circumstance. Okay? So I don't care where we think this church is. 
I don't care where you think you are in your heart. Or, or sorry, uh, let me rephrase that. <clears throat> it doesn't matter it, where we are positioned um, in our situations, okay? What matters is our hearts and the way our hearts are, are transformed because we come to God as wanting a transformed um, heart and a transformed spirit. It is God's responsibility, not yours, not mine. It is God's responsibility to put his anointing and his favor on your life. It is God's responsibility for him to be the actor in your, in your circumstance. And that is what proves successful, is he will prove himself to be successful. So when you tell me, or anybody tells me here, that they have a situation going on, we cannot say that that situation was given by God. The situations were never, get, were never given by God. We were positioned a certain way. God, if you look at how David was, God said that I am looking for a man. God was looking down on the earth, and in the people of Israel, God looked for somebody, and in the God eye, God saw somebody that he felt had the strongest, um, uh, strongest passion for the heart of God, and he said, David is the one that I'm going to anoint because David has the heart that I am after, and that is what I need to lead the people because in that, I can do it. And so then God had David. So David, you, and then you say, oh, well, I need a word from God. I need a prophetic word. I need the, the, the Shekinah. I need the da-da-da-da or whatever. No. No, no. You don't need any of it. You need your heart positioned right, okay? Because it doesn't even matter about that, okay? Like, it's the heart that's the issue. You don't need a, a prophetic word to give you the strength. That's not what gives you strength. That's not what gets your, your character changed. That's not what gets your heart transformed. That's not what gets you closer to God. What gets you closer to God is how you act on your heart and how you understand God and how you know who he is and how you believe who he is. That's what gets those things activated. That's what gets a word. Because here's the thing. In the Bible, when you look at all the kings, all the kings had words, even the negative ones. This is what happened. Therefore, because you did not uh, hear the voice of the, of the, or you did not seek the voice of the Lord, and because you did not listen to the voice of the Lord, therefore, I will cause you to have a defeat this day. And then the people of Israel had the defeat. And then the next king comes in. And I heard the, I went and I cried to the Lord. And the Lord came to me and the Lord um, you know, and then, and then the prophet comes, and the prophet says, because you have sought the Lord, and because you have decided to seek after him, I will give you this day of victory, because that is, and that is simply the principle. That is the, the simple principle of it, but we do not believe it, and we do not see it as simple as it is, and we do not accept it as simple as it is, but that's what I'm saying, is when we believe and we accept the word according to the word in the way that the word has expressed it to us, that is what really brings about that change. So that's why I don't like to listen to all of the different conversations that go around and all these little, you know, thoughts and, you know, blaming God and all this kind of stuff because it's toxic. It doesn't, it's very, it's very, very ingrained in humanity. It's very, very ingrained in the people of Israel. Like kings were falling because of that. So what I'm saying is, that I don't want us to be a position, in a position where our hearts are disconnected and disjointed. If you want healing, healing's great. But if we're not in the right spot in our hearts, 
We're never going to get to a greater place with the Lord. We're never going to get to a place where the healing power is just going to go boom on the people. Because the thing is, our hearts have to be there. So when you come to me, you know what I mean, or anybody here, and you say, man, I'm not feeling well. Man, I need to have a conversation with someone. I'm going to say, man, you know what? we got to man up in the Lord. We have to man up in, in God. And we have to say, God is real. And God is on top of these things. And God is not a liar. And we believe that God is going to bring about the solution. And we stand on the scripture. And the scripture says, and you say the scripture, and then you, sit, you stand on it. You say, God, I honor you in this. And my heart knows that you will not be defied. That you will not be defied in any situation. That it doesn't matter what the situation is. That all the situations in the past exemplify the power that you have. Because all the situations, he would always take someone usually from below and bring him up in order to show that polarizing effect so that you can see that it's not man. So you can see that it's not a person, that it's only God. Okay? So let's, let's, let's get our hearts, let's get our hearts healthy for, for his anointing. Let's get our hearts healthy for having him come to us. Because if we don't, if we're disjointed, if we say, oh, that circumstance, God, you put that circumstance in my life. And look at this, this feeble reality I have to have. Look at all these circumstances and everything. And this is, this is exactly the way it's going to be for the rest of my life. And that's what I have to do. So now i got to go to church, but I'm going to live in my stinking thinking. And I'm just going to have to just live in that stinkingness. Oh, there's a healing service? Yeah. I guess we need more of that. Maybe one day, you know, if we get strong enough as a church... One day the healing is going to come on me, but I don't know if I can. Maybe I need to go to a service like, you know, um, maybe I need to go to like, you know, some kind of healing, other healing service or something. Somebody that's got a bit more anointing on them because that's what's really what I need. I need someone with a, a, a great anointing on, on, and that's what's going to make me, you know, make me healed. And then I guess I'm going to have to just sit here and wait till that day happens and that's what we do. And then we go, you know what? Maybe I don't care. I'm just going to, like, this is what I live with. And I don't care because I'm allowed, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm done. I'm just, I'm going to live. And this is how I'm going to live for the rest of my life. And I can still make do. I can still enjoy different things of my life. And I don't need to worry about it. That's what we do. But that's not what we're supposed to do. What we're supposed to do is we're supposed to say, okay, you have a situation that comes up, okay? And you go, okay, I'm taking that. And I'm going to fight that thing and say that, to say to that, that circumstance what I think about it. And you, you, say, you might say to me, well, you know, how much do I have to fight? How much do I have to pray over it? How much do I have to spend on it? It's not about time. It's not about time. It's not. Time is not the issue. The factor, the factor at play here is your heart. You get your heart right. You go, no, this is what I believe. This is what I believe over this circumstance. I believe that healing power is available. And I believe that healing power is available today. 
and I believe that God says that I will be healed. Okay? So if no one's saying that to you, that's what Scripture tells you, is that you can be healed when Jesus comes in the room. When Jesus, okay? So you believe these things in your heart, and you don't change your heart. You don't change and bend what you have in your heart. You stay locked on to what God is saying in your heart. And then when something comes boom, out from left field or boom from right field and it makes you wonder what's going on, you can understand the circumstance that is at me today was not from the Lord. This is because in the Bible, everybody had circumstances. Welcome to the, you know, <laughs> to earth. You know, there's a hall of fame of faith in Hebrews 11 as, as a result of people that said, I don't accept circumstance. I accept faith and love and, and knowing who God is. All right? Do, are you guys getting what I'm, what I'm bringing here? So when something comes out left field, you go, I don't care. Stop. As you say to your circumstance, stop. I do not accept this circumstance to stay the way it is. I come against the circumstance in the, in the, in the living God, with the living God. And I believe that God, because he has chosen me as a child, and because Jesus paid the price on Calvary and died for everything that comes against me, therefore, this circumstance will fall by the wayside like every other circumstance I have seen. And I don't care how big the next giant comes, that giant will fall too. And so every circumstance, you look straight in the eye, you look that thing right in the eye for exactly what it is, and you tell that thing where it needs to go. And we need to be saying that over every situation that's going on. Because no problem is bigger than God. And their scripture points and alludes to that over and over and over and over. So we need to stop cowering. We need to stop saying in our heart that I am allowed to be in fear. I am allowed to be in angst. I am allowed to be so flustered. I am allowed to allow my mind to wander and speak negative things over my life. I am not allowing those things to take place because I am going to choose to honor God and God is going to bring about a solution. It doesn't matter where you were. And you might say, oh, well, um, you know, I, there's just too many things. Well, the ones that you can see, try to tackle them. The ones that you can't see, maybe wait until it comes. Well, I got a big slew of them. Okay, start with one. Start with two. Start with three. You know what I mean? And then... Number six decides to pop its head up. Give it one, two. Okay? I'm serious. Like you want freedom, you got to take it. You got to take it. And, you, and you, you're saying, oh, that's kind of hard, man. No, it's actually quite easy. Heart, position, proper. Scripture points and gives a message and says, God, strength, over all circumstances. God provides power and anointing to break it. God provides that. Not a man. Not me. I have zero power in my hands. Zero. Okay? So when we hear of healings, it's not coming from me. It's not coming from the pastors. It's not coming from whatever minister you went to go get prayer from. 
It's coming from God, okay? And it comes from having a proper attunement to him in one, one fashion or another. So what I'm saying is you want to take something, I want to do it with you, okay? You want a circumstance to fall, I want to do it with you. Because I don't want to see circumstances hitting every single one of us. And then when you start seeing circumstances falling because you're choosing to have God intervene in all those circumstances, I would like to see you guys be strengths for other people to be people of influence in other circumstances because we all get hit. I get hit included. I am not better than any other person, okay? And we're a body, so we pull on each other to give each other strength. But I won't listen, and we shouldn't be listening to each other when we're not pulling in that strength to, for each other. We shouldn't be listening because we're going to literally, uh, we're going we're gonna to have the circumstance go and live in that. And I can't live there because I, I know I've seen the fruit of what people, do, what people have when they live there. And I never want that. I, can, I cannot take that. I, I can't. So if you're saying, well, then why have I not seen it? Well, there's other things that as we advance and keep taking ground that God starts revealing in our character and in ourselves. But when we get our hearts positioned properly, that that's the place where it comes. Boom. And then boom. Okay? There's lots of other things that come, but that is like a, a really key there's not a whole lot of other things than that. Just sometimes we get a little sideswipe from just other things going on in life. Sometimes we get too busy or, you know, we can't focus or different things happen. You know, distractions, all sorts of stuff, right? But we need to, like, see the issue, take it, believe it, push on it, okay? I don't believe that there is one circumstance here. I don't know if you guys do, but... I don't believe that there's one circumstance here, and this is what I'd like to see happen inside of everybody's heart, is I don't believe there's one circumstance here that is greater than God. I believe every, there's the ability for every single circumstance in here. If everybody said, this circumstance that I'm faced with, if you imagine that in your head right now, and you say, this circumstance that I'm faced with, this will bow to the name of Jesus Christ, and God will get glory in it. If you say that to those situations that you are seeing right now, God will be the revealer of that, and will bring about the solution for it. If you choose to do that, and we will see things being transformed in, in our midst. And that's what, you know, when we talk about a healing service, that's what this is about. Do you think I feel like I'm always on point? I don't. Because I am, I'm Aaron Newman. I am a human being, and I am not always on point. I'll be the first to admit that there is a lot of stuff that affects every single one of us, and I am not always the happiest camper when I get up in the morning. I'm not. But I take my circumstances, I put them where they need to go, okay, and I go for more of God. Just like David, walking through his life, he didn't just get to become a king. He wasn't like, just get me into king, you know, circumstance, And he could go, I hate you. <laughs> right? No, David didn't do that. David was, okay. <laughs> you, <laughs> you 
or better than this situation. And I'm pulling on you because you're going to get me there. And you say, well, why didn't God just pick up David and take David and put him on the, the throne? Why didn't God just do that that way? I don't know. I don't know. But the anointing was on David. Everywhere he went, he's just like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll go to battle. And then Saul's trying to deceive him. Yeah, go, go. Yeah, you want to marry my, my daughter? Yeah, yeah, go kill like 400 Philistines. Yeah. <laughs> Kills 400 Philistines. Hey, man, I just did it. Because God was with David. David didn't even know. So, you know, like that's why I'm saying, like the prophetic word and all that kind of stuff, all these different things. You think you need all these different solutions to bring about your answer? You don't. What you need is your heart positioned, right? God comes when he wants on the anointing. Not when you want. He comes when he wants. Then when the anointing comes, then boom. Okay? The situations start lining up, and you're going, why are these situations lining up? Because the circumstances start changing. Right? Because you have the right heart position, and the heart position therefore allows the anointing, and therefore allows God, right, to show himself. That is what happens when we do that and we act on, on God in our hearts. So let's take it. Let's take our hearts and let's give them over to God. I think we got a song back there. Let's just take a moment to do that. And then, yeah, let's get into praying for healing. Okay? And now you know that I am not standing for giving you any sympathy over the situations, I'm going to stand with you, and I'm going to be a strength with you through your situation. I'm going to be someone that says, this is what truth tells you. Do you want more truth? Because I'll tell you the same thing, and I'll tell you it in many different ways, Tell the truth becomes more of what you believe. That's what I'm going to do throughout, you know what I mean? Our time of, like, being together. That's what, that's what I'm going to do. So that's what I'm believing for. And I pray knowing that these things happen that way. And I pray standing on a daily basis, praying for each one of you that come up and you say, this is something that I'm believing for. And I stand in the gap saying, it will happen. Everything will happen because it will. And I stand with you on it. All right, let's just, yeah, turn that up. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.